Hello ladies, gentlemen, and the they thems of the world. My name is Joey, if you're new here, and welcome to episode 15 of The Strange and Unusual with Joe. Before we get into the episode, I have a few commercials and disclaimers. Do you have a scary story or a true crime case you'd like for me to cover on the podcast? Submit them for me using the link in the description of the episode. Sorry if there's any background noise. Um, my cat just jumped on my on my uh, my lap and a car drove by. So, yeah. Anyways, do you have a scary story or a true crime case you'd like for me to cover on the podcast? Like I said, submit them for me using the link in, in the description of the episode. Do you like a podcast that is just more laid back? Then my other podcast, A Cup of Joe, is just the right one for you. I upload episodes there every single day. I have a YouTube channel where I post all the content I create. Things like short films and music videos. It's called Joey Davis Productions. A, I just put out a short film called A Haunted Winter's Weekend not that long ago. Uh, go check it out. It's on the YouTube now. Alrighty, also, you, uh, listener's discretion is advised for this episode, since the, the descriptions of the crime scenes and what he did will be described in the episode. I also absolute, absolutely mean no disrespect to anyone I talk about in this episode. This is just me stating all the facts of, of a particular case I, I researched and put in. I put it into one episode. Alrighty, let's start this this episode with documentaries and books on the on the case. So uh, I want to start telling you with, uh, start talking about the first documentary that I, I watched was um, Conversations with a Killer, Ted Bundy Tapes. This limited series that aired in 2019 does very well at explaining what happens and talking about Ted's point of view too. I liked that about this doc. It is on Netflix. I'll link it in the, in the blog post that goes with the episode. Next, another movie about him is Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I know this is a fictional version, but I loved Zac Efron and, and Lily Collins, um, and I think they did amazing in their roles. I highly recommend it. That will also be linked in the blog post, blog post that goes with the episode. Alright, let's get into the actual case. Let's start with Ted's childhood and parents. Ted was born on November 24, 1946 in Burlington, Vermont. He had parents that were uh, kind of complicated. Uh, uh, t- according to Biography.com, Eleanor Louise Cowell, who went by Louise, was 22 years old and unmarried when she gave birth to her son, Ted. His, Ted's father may have been Lloyd Marshall, an Air Force veteran, and uh, and a Penn State graduate, according to Anne Rule, a, co- a co-worker of Ted's and the author of the book, The Stranger Beside Me. Other resources had Ted's father, Ted's father's name as Jack Worthington, while some rumors had a, that his father was also his grandfather, because Ted's birth certificate lists his father as unknown. His, biolog- his biological father's identity may never be confirmed. Isn't that crazy to know not to, to not know who your father really was? That's half that's half your genes that you don't know about, you know? In 1951, Ted's mother married Joe, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, but, uh, Johnny Bundy, even though Ted, 
even though Ted took his name, he did not like his stepfather at all. He grew up as his mother's secret shame. The deeply religious family of his mother was humiliated by him. How could you be humiliated by your own family member? That's crazy. Even your own child. Oh my God. You can, uh, you can tell why he's as nuts as he is. Because of all this, he was raised by his grandparents and he believed that his mother was a sister. I'll explain more of this later. At an early age, he was really fascinated with knives. As a teenager though, his darker side started to emerge. He loved to peer through windows of people's houses. He also liked to make tiger traps when he was a kid in the woods where he lived. Apparently, he hurt a girl once with one. In general, ever since he was young, people noticed that there was something gone, in, something gone inside his brain. Like he was not capable of being a good person, you know? He was socially challenged, too. It was hard for him to communicate with others, which I definitely understand because I have a hard time with that, too. But I wouldn't take it to the escalation that he did, if that makes sense. He rarely dated and kept to himself until... In 1967, he met the woman of his dreams. She was all the things he wanted in a woman. They also spent many weekends skiing together. In 1968, though, the girl didn't feel like, the, like he was the husband material that she wanted, so she broke up with him. This broke his heart and haunted him for years. He was so depressed from this breakup that he dropped out of school. It was during this time, according to a case study done of Ted, that he learned the truth about his sister and uh, that, that she was his mother and his parents were his grandparents. After this, he returned to college to study law because he kind of found a little bit of determination after learning that weird news. Then he got together with, with someone named Elizabeth Kendall. That, uh, this is not actually her real name. This is a pseudonym to keep her identity safe. He then established a nice career in law, and it seemed like he had his stuff handled, and he had a happy life. Well, that's not true. That won't be true for a while. This is the start of his murders. In 1974, college-age women were going missing from campuses. Here's the list of some of them. Linda Ann Healy, a 21-year-old radio announcer, went missing in July of 1974. She was with another friend when she was approached by an attractive man. You can guess who that was. Then they were, they were seen walking with him, but they, they were ne both never seen again. Bundy shortly after moved to Utah to go to the University of Utah. He was, speci he was spe specifically in Salt Lake City. Bundy shortly after, yeah, okay, sorry, I misread something. Carol Durant, this is the next one, Carol Durant. In November of 1974, she was attacked by a man in a police uniform, but she managed to escape. You can guess who the man in the police form was. She provided the police with as much information as she could. One specific detail was his V&W. It's quite famous. It's even featured in the movie I talked about. She also identi identified him in a lineup of suspects. 
Debbie Kent. A few hours after Carol went missing and was attacked, 17-year-old Debbie Kent had the same thing happen to her. Around this time, they were found. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they found a graveyard of bones in the forest that belonged to two missing women. Police officers in two different stations worked together to get a description of what he looked like and what his car looked like. Okay, here are some huge similarities in all the women that went missing at around the time. They were all white, single, and thin women with middle parted hair. They also all vanished in the evening hours. Okay, here's the next victim. The next victim is Karen Campbell. She disappeared on January 12, 1975. She went missing on a ski resort in Colorado. She was on vacation with her fiance and two children. A month later, her nude body was found lying a short distance from the road. She had a blow to her skull like all the other victims so far. They were able to establish that she died two hours after the dinner they had hours before. In August of 1975, Bundy was arrested for the first time for a driving violation. He tried to get away and that aroused suspicion in the police. When they finally caught him, they searched his car and they took him in on suspicious objects also. He was charged and kidnapped. Uh, he was charged with kidnapping here. They did, they did this using what they found in his car the handcuffs placed around one of the victim's wrists and multiple people noticing the attack on Durant. People were very convinced they had their, their guy, but they had been going on a murder spree for more than a year. All right, here is the, here is the trial. Ted was charged for the attempted kidnapping of Durant in February of 1976. He was convicted of the Campbell's murder in October of 1976. He then escaped the trial during it. He, was, he escaped during a break. He, got, he was able to distract a police officer and uh, jump out a window. He was captured a week later. The second escape. On December 30th, if you can believe it, Ted escaped again. This time, he went to Florida and rented an apartment. He went to college again at the nearby college and tried to blend in with them. The monster inside him, though, would soon come back. Ted's, Ted Bundy's famous sorority house murders. On Saturday, January 14th, Ted himself broke into the University of Florida Chi Omega sorority house. He brutally assaulted two women and bit one of them three times on the thigh. He bet he then bit two he bent he then beat sorry he then beat two more women with a log but a roommate of theirs came in before he could finish the job of killing them. After that Ted was arrested again. On February 9th, 1978, Bundy killed his next victim. He this time it was a twelve year old Kimberly Leach. He kidnapped her and mutilated her. I'm not going to get into the detail because she was super young and what he did to her was disgusting. But I'll link uh, what happened in the description if you guys want to read what happened. He was soon arrested with evidence of the bite marks and driving the stolen vehicle. Turned down a plea bargain. 
Ted Bundy turned down a plea, bar- plea bargain by the lawyers, so they forced him to get a, a dental impression. They declared the bite marks were a, ma- were a match during the trial. The final trial. Bundy went on trial in Florida on June 25th, 1979 for the sorority house murders. This trial was televised. Bundy was found guilty and given two death sentences. January 7th, 1980, Bundy went on trial for the murder of that 12-year-old girl, Kimberly Leach. The only defense possible was an insanity plea because of the overwhelming amount of evidence. Bundy was different at this trial. He wasn't as confident. He got angry all the time. Sentencing. During this phase, everyone was surprised when Bundy called Carol Boone to the stand. Boone was convinced of Bundy's innocence. She later had his kid, which Ted adored surprisingly. Bundy's execution. Bundy was executed by electrocution. He was pronounced dead on January 24, 1989 at around 7.13 a.m. The crowds cheered outside, which is a wicked picture to paint for how Ted went out because he did deserve, deserve it since he hurt so many women and their families, but must be crazy to hear so many people cheer for your death. Okay, that is all I have for today's episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. This is Joey signing out. Katie says goodbye also.